0: Spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show.
1: Happy, happy Monday. It's the Gatos and Chad Show. No Gatos, no Chad. Steve Zinsmeister and Bruce St. James in for the guys. And I said earlier in the show that I thought we would get something from the Biden administration about Title 42 in the coming days. Uh, It didn't take all that long. This just handed to me. This just handed to Bruce St. James. The
2: uh, Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts has granted a temporary stay, which blocks the wind down of Title 42. The Biden administration has until five o'clock Eastern time tomorrow tomorrow. To respond, this is in the case Arizona versus uh, Homeland Security uh, uh, regarding the wind down of Title 42, and the Supreme Court uh, Justice Roberts assigned him because they're non um issued a stay on the wind
1: down. Okay, a lot of legal jargon, a lot of uh, double. I, try negatives. To, I don't know any legal jargon. I try I know. to use, uh, Okay, uh, double negatives here. Uh, so if you're blocking a wind down, that means it stays. Correct. The Title 42. Title 42 which, again, will stay. It's, it was a COVID policy. COVID's not really as big of an issue now as it was when it uh, came into play. So now it's more of an immigration conversation. Title 42 allows us to send certain uh, migrants back to their home countries, depending on the country. Repatriate
2: them, right, right, depending on the country. And it was scheduled to expire uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, now – uh, the administration will have to make an argument in front of the Supreme Court, in, in front of, uh, in, in reply to this, um, and then we will see if Justice Roberts and the full court will decide.
1: And the timeliness of this actually kind of surprises me, at least a little bit, because this is literally what our Attorney General in Arizona, Mark Burnovich, was doing this morning was filing another. Well, this, this is the the
2: case is Arizona versus Homeland Security, right?
1: This was our case today, I think, or or he's been fighting this fight for a while. Don't get me wrong. But he was arguing you
2: need to put a temporary hold on this because there's so much more to go into it. The Supreme Court agreed with the argument and said we will issue a temporary stay and prevent
1: the wind down of Title 40. So this is something that. Arizona senior senator Kirsten Cinema has been pushing for. Yep. Now, she was looking to do something legislatively, which you have, want to
2: get something in return. They were right. going to the dreamers were going to be they were working it was on a, be a
1: package of a couple of things. Thank you. Yeah. Right. It, there was going to be probably more funding at the border. Uh, certainly things for Border Patrol agents to get a raise. She was working on a lot of different projects Agreed. regarding immigration that appears to be either dead in the water or it might take some tweaking for next session or whatever. Um, I'm actually surprised the Supreme Court came through so quickly. I thought we would hear something maybe tomorrow uh, leading into Wednesday. Well, they're giving they're giving the administration 24
2: hours Balls basically court. to come up with an argument of why they should lift this thing.
1: Yeah. So that's the next key factor. What happens in the next 24 hours? You have any guesses?
2: I think – If the administration were smart and there's a debate about that, they would let this stay in place because it gives them the, hey, it wasn't us. It was the Supreme Court and allows us to stay in place, prevents any
1: sort of chaos on the border, which they are going to get blamed for, right? Right. How do you read into this – you and I talked earlier in the show about like you know it's not like the migrants who are sitting uh, on the Mexico side of our southern border are have their phones out and they're reading Twitter looking – waiting for the Supreme Court decision. You know right. what I mean? It's not – I'm sure it's not that quick of a, of a uh, note getting back to them. But how do you react to this if you are on the other side of the border and, and your objective is to get to the United States? How does today's news impact you directly? You're still kind of in a waiting pattern because tomorrow might be different than today. Yeah, yeah.
2: and and maybe it's just me, you know, and and I've seen these interviews and uh, conversations with people trying to come into the United States from from all these different countries. I just don't think they're sitting around waiting for the Supreme Court or Congress to tell them they can come or not come. They're going to come and they're going to try to come whenever they can.
1: Yeah. Get to the other side of the border, and once you're there, they And there. Then they
2: want to get into the system, and they want to get into the process, and they want to declare asylum, and they want to get into
1: the system. Well, and we talked, too, about how many people come across and get sent back and then try again. I mean, there's – uh, uh, of the people that do get apprehended at the southern border, a lot of them are second-timers, third-timers. Hey, you've, you've been trying for years. Hitchhiked, walked, took a train 1,500 miles. Okay, that didn't work. The, I'll try The first else. time
2: doesn't work. Again. Okay, try this again.
1: Interesting. So Chief yeah. Justice John Roberts granting a temporary stay, which temporarily blocks the wind down of Title 42. I know that's a lot of like double negative sides with the state of Arizona. It gets to stay for now. Title and now 42. it's on now it's on Biden and his administration to put up yeah. a good argument why Title 42 should stay. Correct. And I I, I kind of mentioned this earlier too. both sides politically, both sides of the aisle want this thing to stay whether it's for different reasons or Mm -hmm. they come up with different arguments for why it should stay. But they both currently agree it should stay. It wasn't always that way, but it is now. But
2: this gets into the bigger issue where neither political party today wants to fix immigration. It's too good a thing to run on. It's too good to debate over. There's too much at stake, and fixing it, you don't get any credit for
3: yeah.
1: Railing against it. Well, now that's something you can get people fired up about. It's like the tobacco industry doesn't want you to stop smoking. They don't really they want, mean, want you to stop smoking. Cigarettes, too. Yeah. Uh, right. I, no, I, I agree with you on that, man. It's just it's an interesting nugget. So now yep. the ball is in Biden's court. I don't okay. know what kind of argument he's going to make in the next 24 hours. We're, we'll see. I, could we find that out by the end of the show today? I mean, you never know. The Supreme Court got back to us about as question I gotta I can. believe that the Justice Department might have been thinking about it. This could happen. Well, and I, anybody I, ready for this? I would think that the Biden administration has been thinking about it. Right. Well, I that's mean, my point. Where they're just is, like, what are we going to do? This thing's been sitting around for for weeks. We've known that this was going to come to an end. Cinema tried to get it. I, I keep using the word codify. I don't know if that's the right word, but make it law. That is Title forty two. No, You
2: use that word the way it was supposed to be. Is good look, for you. Look at me, man. You're Learning new words. I don't
1: remember that word you used earlier, but it was way bigger than codify. Prefer- perfunctory i still don't know what that means i'm not even sure i'll look it up um but yeah i mean like could that happen in the near future yeah i suppose and maybe biden maybe that's his argument to the supreme court hey we're gonna do everything that we possibly can with the legislature with congress to try to get this thing passed is that enough to convince the supreme court to keep it around for the time being
2: you know i i I, I don't know i tend to look around and you see where the uh political winds are blowing if you will in congress and you think that there's any—I'm not saying you specifically, Steve. You think there's any appetite, any momentum to fundamentally get something big like this done? No.
1: Nonetheless, on immigration, no, yeah, no, not okay. going to happen. We need to look into Hunter Biden's laptop for God's sake. Oh, first and foremost, I well, mean, let's get to into, the bottom of that. We're still looking into January 6th. By the way, we need to do we're that. What about that?
2: Benghazi? We need right. to. Maybe we need to go back and look at that
1: 2020 election. All the things that happened in the past. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, it's the new movie that might convince people to head back to the theaters. Bruce has actually already seen it. He can tell us all about it. Next. The
0: Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers.
1: All right, if you go to the homepage at KTRR.com, on the right-hand side, you scroll down a little bit. There's the Gatos Big Q Poll Question. It is brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. The next time the Arizona Cardinals will win a game is, and your options are Christmas Day. They play on Christmas this year, Bruce. Uh, In January, they have two games in January, or you could just choose next season. Because at this point, I have pretty much given up on the Arizona Cardinals like they have given up on us.
2: Would you you like to know some of the results of the poll? (laughs)
1: Because I voted in it. Okay. What what was your
2: vote? I voted with the majority. Okay. And when I say majority, 93% say next season. Yeah. Not a lot of confidence in the Cardinals, right? 4% think we're going to pull it out on Christmas Day. 3% say there's a win coming in January.
1: Uh, We're going to talk more about this coming up with our uh, Cardinals insider, Paul Calvisi. He's the sideline reporter. He was on the sideline for that terrible, terrible loss to the team that has probably the most turmoil in the league. Uh, Not anymore. maybe I was going to say second most. (laughs) Maybe not anymore. Uh, There's a new movie out that, if nothing else, is going to be a spectacle and is already making mm-hmm. some waves in the movie industry.
2: Avatar The Way of Water opened this weekend with $134 million domestically. Not bad, but short of the minimum $150 million debut pundits were forecasting. Even so, it ties with the Batman for the fifth largest domestic opening this year. Let's get it done. At overseas revenues, and Avatar The Way of Water earned $442 million in just one weekend. The 2009 original took only 19 days to earn a billion dollars globally christopher watson abc news
1: so a big spectacle visually bruce i know you've already seen the movie i am so that we don't have to yeah
2: i, I still get to go see movies early
1: i read your review and oh, it has me thinking about i'm ready the value of storytelling versus the spectacle of cgi
2: yeah um so full disclosure avatar the original yeah was maybe the biggest movie i had never seen I never saw Avatar. Never. The first one. I watched it last week, right before I went to the theater to see Avatar, the new Avatar Way of the Water. Well, you did your homework. Well, I felt a little stupid going in and knowing nothing. So I was up to speed on Pandora. I know all about Sully. I'm good. I know this. And I'd like to think it might have given me some perspective as well, having not... You know, I I was fresh off the first Avatar, going in the second one, and I didn't dislike the first Avatar. i I I interesting. It's all right. Um, I saw this one, the new one in 3D. Wow! It is a visual feast. It is immersive. It is like nothing you've ever seen on the big screen. Full stop. There's not a lot of story to it. It really is. You know, I I use the term, I think at times it felt like I was I was sitting inside like the world's largest aquarium. If that was on the world of Pandora, You, you know what I'm saying? Like with all these different creatures and things like this, that it was visually almost overwhelming. But as a story, a little thin, I guess you would say. But I wonder how many people are going to see Avatar for the acting and for the, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think some of the times, especially these real big movies, they're more about the visual spectacle and less about the writing, you know, and and, and the acting in them.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, because I, I read your review and you gave it what rating? I gave it four out of five. See, when I, I know you, I've been to movies with yeah. you. I know that four out of five is huge. That's good. That's big. I, I was blown away by the, the visuals. So for you to say, I love this movie, but there's not a really a good story. It, it, to me, it signifies that you can really evaluate movies on different scales. Mm-hmm. Nobody goes to a Michael Bay movie for the storyline. <sighs> That's line. a great a great example. I mean, you're going for the explosion. You want to see things blow up. You want to see cars crash. There's you want to see Transformers. With, Hello. Whatever it is. Right. Uh, and I, I kind of feel the same way about this because what you described your feelings of this movie is how I felt seeing the first Avatar or a decade ago or whatever. Well,
2: and, and having seen the two, I saw both of them within 24 hours of each other for the first time. Okay. The, the, the new one, Avatar, The Way of the Water, the new one, is, for all intents and purposes, pretty darn close to the first one. It's a similar storyline, a similar plot, and we just went from the forest to the water. Right. We changed the, the setting. Set, yeah, the setting's different. And, but the, I would only say in many films, that's not enough. This is pretty spectacular. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, the setting in and of itself is the star of the show. It is not the actors or the blue people or the green people And this. No, they're not the stars of this. The stars are the creatures. The stars are the, what happens under the ocean. That is what you're going to this movie well. for. And by that standard... It's really good.
1: Even the recognizable actors in this movie, you can't recognize them because they're aliens. I know who they are. Yeah, you wouldn't wouldn't know who they are. I know who they are. Um, We are still kind of in that grace period, I feel like, post-pandemic, where we're still talking about movies as if they will be the draw that gets people to go back (sighs) to the Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go to the theater all the time. I still do. I am a pretty casual. I'll see the big stuff, right? Okay. Usually the big stuff. I saw Top Gun in theaters. I see some of the Marvel movies.
2: And some of them I think you need to see on a big screen. I think that, and I would use the argument that Avatar is a visual film. See it on a big screen. See it in 3D. See it in IMAX. See it in the scale that it was meant. Other movies, not necessarily.
1: So, for the visual alone, do you think this movie is big enough that it's going to draw people back to the theater that maybe were, I don't know if they're still hesitant for health reasons or whatever. Maybe they just got out of the habit of going to the movies because of the pandemic. Does this finally turn the tide? I think for a lot of folks it will. And
2: again, for that specific reason, where seeing this either in 3D, which again, I didn't know 3D had moved along to this stage. It was fantastic. Or some of the other, you know, the 4K, all these big things, seeing it like that. It ain't the same as watching
1: it even on your 70-inch TV at home. I'm just telling you, it's not the same experience. Well, and if I miss this movie, I hear there's like five sequels coming. Allegedly, oh, yes. They're going to make like a million of these things. And th- there's 10 years between each one. I'm just going to so- say, James Cameron's going to live forever. I know. He's not a young man. Doesn't really make any How's sense he going to go- do this? We're going to need new actors, <laughs> to <laughs> say the least. All right. Coming up next, we call it Holding Up the Headlines. Uh, Becky Lynn's going to read the news. While Bruce and I interrupt and react to the day's top stories, that's next on the Gatos and Chad Show.
3: Arizona's news station. News station. KTAR on air, 92.3 FM, online at KTAR.com and streaming live on the KTAR News app. Your breaking news and traffic now. Every day at 3.30. This
1: is what we do. We call it Holding Up the Headlines. Becky Lynn's got the latest stories. And Bruce St. James and Steve Zinsmeister here to react. Here she is. It's Becky Lynn. KTAR
3: Breaking, news, breaking alert. news Alert.
0: This just ended the KTAR newsroom, a new Supreme Court ruling may now keep Title 42 in place. A recent opinion from Chief Justice Roberts put a temporary freeze on the Biden administration's move to end the temporary public health border policy. The White House has until 5 o'clock Eastern Time tomorrow to explain its decision to end Title 42. The court will use that information to decide whether or not to issue a stay on the move to end the Trump-era health policy. This stems from a lawsuit from 19 states, including Arizona, hoping to block the policy from ending, and it was supposed to end at midnight Wednesday morning. We'll have more on this breaking news coming up in less than 15 minutes. Get breaking news notifications right on your phone. Download the KTAR News app, and for more, you can go to KTAR.com.
3: Holding up the headlines.
2: Becky Lynn reads the news, while Gatos and Chad interrupt and react to the day's top
3: stories.
1: Pretty timely from the Supreme Court. Within less than a day, they get back to us and say, "Okay, we'll keep Title Forty Two in place for now." But I guess now it's up to Joe Biden to explain why it needs to stay.
2: Yeah, that uh, specifically in this order, Justice Roberts said, uh, "Hey, if you got a good argument, come back." I I wonder how the uh, legal wranglings work, Steve. To the extent, is the Biden administration secretly okay with this because it gives them an out?
1: Oh, like, hey, look, the Supreme Court did it. It wasn't me. It wasn't us. It wasn't me. Supreme Court did it. Supreme Court's been very active this year, I feel like, uh, at least been in a lot of big, big-time big stories. Listen, if this did go away on Wednesday, then the concern is that there's lots of migrants just waiting on the other side of the border who are going to make a d- mad dash right. that they weren't able to do before. <sighs> so uh, there's Which a I lot don't waiting know. in the balance here. Yeah, there is. All right, we're holding up the headlines.
0: The House January 6th Committee is now recommending criminal charges for former President Trump and others for efforts to overturn the 2020 election. KTAR's Luke Forstner joins us now live from the News Center with more.
1: Oh, Becky, at the committee's last hearing, nearly a year and a half after being formed, Representative Jamie Raskin says while they did look at individual criminal offenses at the January 6th Capitol riots, they also investigated the overall design of the attack.
3: The committee has developed significant evidence that President Trump intended to disrupt the peaceful transfer, transition of power under our Constitution.
1: The Justice Department would ultimately decide whether or not to prosecute Trump or his associates. Live from the News Center, Luke Forstner, KTAR News.
0: The House January 6th Committee has referred four representatives, including Arizona's Andy Biggs, to the House Ethics Committee. The representatives failed to provide subpoenaed evidence to the investigation into the Capitol riots. And in a statement, Biggs called the committee, quote, a sham and the referral a, quote, political stunt.
2: Yeah, this was a political move today. Um, It remains to be seen if the Justice Department will move forward with any sort of a criminal move. And I I, listen, I I think there is a, a chance they could do that. There's also a chance they may not.
1: Yeah, it's one thing to stand up there and say, we want the Justice Department to bring charges against the former president. It's another thing entirely for someone at the DOJ to have to stand up and put their name on it and say, I am the person that brought actual charges against the president of the United States. Well,
2: and they're not going to do that. They don't think they can win either because the last thing you want to do is be that person and lose. Uh,
1: it's the same thing we hear about all the time from our local mm-hmm. people, like the Maricopa County Attorney's Office. It, 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 we hear it a lot with uh, police officers when they get charged for crimes, too, is, well, we don't think we can get a conviction, so why would we bring charges? Good point. Holding up the headlines.
0: The clock is ticking for Governor Ducey to call a special session to lift the spending cap on education funding. $1.4 billion for Arizona schools is at stake. But the governor tells KTAR that he doesn't have the votes to get the cap lifted. State Senator Sean Bowie tells the Gators and Chad show he thinks Ducey is using the aggregate expenditure limit as leverage to get some of his priorities off his checklist before he leaves office.
1: We do have the vote to lift the AL cap. And he is correct that he doesn't have the vote to do what he wants, which is additional
0: things. Without the funding, Bowie says some schools would have to close because they wouldn't be able to pay their employees.
1: First and foremost, this is the dumbest law in Arizona. To put a cap on how much money we can spend on Arizona schools. And not only that, but the fact that the cap number is eclipsed by the budget every single year. So we have to come back to this every year. Do they actually have the votes? I believe that enough people have said, yes, we should get rid of this. But without a doubt, the governor wants more money for private schools. It's it's has been it's been his M.O. all along. Sure, And I'm sure that there are plenty of Republicans who would like to sneak some election integrity bills in before we get a new governor.
2: It's just like you see in the U.S. Congress as well. You know, it, it, no bill out there is, quote unquote, clean one to thing get to get my vote. You got to put. Blank in there, and it becomes this convoluted mess. Well,
0: not the headlines. ESPN out with another report on the workplace culture of the Phoenix Suns and the top executives working for suspended owner Robert Sarver.
3: The story, again written by Baxter Holmes, focuses on employee complaints that Sarver appeared to be the only executive initially held accountable. President and CEO Jason Rowley is accused of multiple incidents of harassment of Suns employees and not taking action against a Suns sponsor accused of groping a female employee in 2019. According to an agreement between Sarver, who is selling the team, and interim Governor Sam Garvin, Rowley and two other top executives cannot be terminated without Sarver's written approval. Jeff Munn, KTAR News.
0: And Arizona Sports, our sister station, has contacted the Suns for comment.
1: Yeah, listen, uh, these are all allegations at this point from the ESPN story. we got to start there. There's a lot of bad stuff in here aside from what you just heard. I mean there's yelling at female employees. There's uh, telling women that they can't be a parent and also work for the company at the same time. Uh, There's the thing you just heard about the clientele. Harassment, yeah. There's a lot to this. What I will say is – Typically, a bad workplace culture is not created by one single individual. Usually it takes multiple.
2: Well, and, and knowing some of these other um, um, contractual issues going on with the sale of the sons, it, it sounds like there could certainly be some people who were also complicit in. Acting out, in implementing a lot of these things, and uh, are they trying to get some cover?
1: Well, yeah, and just like you can't blame everything on one person, you also typically can't (laughs) fix it with just one person. Good point. We're holding up the headlines.
0: Americans are cutting back on spending in some areas this holiday season, but they're not scrimping on... Christmas trees. Retailers from Home Depot and Lowe's to mom-and-pop operations raised their prices this season, but people are still buying them. The National Christmas Tree Association projects that nearly 21 million live Christmas trees will be sold by the time consumers wrap up purchases over the days leading up to Christmas Day.
2: It's not too expensive. If you'll still pay for it, <laughs> that's how the
1: market works. That's kind of the, I mean, you know,
2: that thing's too expensive. I bought three of them. Well, well right. then it's not too expensive.
1: You a uh, real tree, fake tree? No, I'm no not tree. a real tree.
2: I'm a, I'm usually a no tree, but I have a fake tree sitting in the the garage that I haven't put out yet.
1: Should oh, I? you
0: you're a let's wait till the very last second. Fake Even tree if kind that,
1: person. I don't know. Yeah. I'm I, a no tree kind of guy. I have no tree in my apartment. Yeah, I, I don't done. think I need one. We, we were fake tree people growing up in we my We were household. fake tree people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were not going out to cut down a real tree. We
2: had a real tree growing up every year that uh, we always had a New Year's Eve party also at my house. My parents did. I wasn't mine. I was a kid. And the, the culmination of the New Year's Eve party was burning the Christmas tree in the sand trap at the golf course behind our house. Oh, what fun. I might have just tipped off some of the people at Rolling Hills Country Club in Tucson like, that's where this came from. Every year is a darn tree lit on fire in our sand trap.
1: We're holding up the headlines. All right, every day at this time, it's holding up the headlines. That's what we call it. Becky Lynn reads the news while we interrupt and react to the day's top stories. Coming up next, the Arizona Cardinals have been mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Feels like they were eliminated months ago. And uh, now they don't have anyone to throw the ball anymore? We're going to dive more into that on the Gatos and Chad show.
3: Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM.
0: Gatos and Chad. Talking pigskin
2: with Paulie. Brought to you by day and night air conditioning, heating, and plumbing. Serving the Valley for 40 years. The difference is day and night.
1: (laughs) Steve Zinsmeister, Bruce St. James in for the guys, Gatos and Chad today. And every week we catch up with our guy, Paulie Pigskin. Paul Calvisi, the Cardinals' sideline reporter. He joins us now. Paulie, this is painful for you to watch from the sideline as it was for us at home.
3: Let's talk about the lineup, though, there at KTAR. Let's talk about that, okay? Uh, Let's get into it. I, first thing that comes to mind, oh, I don't know, hashtag addition by subtraction. Oh. <laughs> Especially Gatos this oh. time
1: of year. Well, at least you don't have to hear about him Ouch. selling his tickets.
3: Oh. You know, I mean, 77 to 79 different players have played for the Cardinals, but you are the two guys that there in the KTAR studios, okay? <laughs> so uh, let's just start with that. And you're right. It was a little painful when you watched Trace McSorley come in, and for the second straight game, you're playing a second quarterback, and you didn't rep with that guy, and it becomes painfully apparent, and then you lose the turnover battle, and you lose the game. It's funny how that works. In fact, you see Tommy, Tom Brady, who's next up even yesterday, 17 point lead. And then what did Tom Brady do in the second half, guys? Yep. Four straight <laughs> possessions. He turned it over. He went pick, fumble, fumble, pick. And here's your stat. You You're want ready? a holy can only okay. stat? Okay. First time in his 23 year career when leading by 17 <laughs> points, he lost. He was 89 and 0. And then lost wow. yesterday against the Bengals. So um, mm. you got to be a little worried that he's going to come in Christmas night and take it out on the Cardinals. We'll Ouch. see.
1: Talking to sideline reporter Paul Calvisi. So no playoffs. Playoffs? No, no quarterback. I should say no quarterbacks because we have two that are now down. What's left to motivate this Cardinals team hmm. for the final three games?
3: All right. So that was the question to James Conner. The exact same question about two hours ago to Cardinals running back James Conner. And he said, yeah, you can gain some confidence if you're a younger player. But then he paused and he said, Respect. You got to get some respect back. I mean, this is a team that started 10 and 2. It's now lost 15 out of its last 20. You got to figure something out right here. And and look, the guy, the name guys have come to play. Look what JJ Watt did yesterday. Are you kidding me? If anybody had an excuse just to go ahead and pull the plug on the rest of the season, it would be a guy like JJ Watt. And he went out there with three sacks in the first half, filled up the stat sheet, although it was interesting, guys. That we found out a little bit later that, you know, there's always different kinds of motivation. So, JJ Watt earned himself a nice Christmas bonus, if you will, because the first sack got him an incentive in his contract worth 500 grand. The second one got him another 200 grand. The third one got him another 200 grand. He made nearly a million dollars yesterday alone just based on his performance. So, if you saw him on the sideline with a wide smile and he had a big smile, big, big smile, that is exactly why.
2: I've been watching uh, the, the hard knocks in season uh, probably like everybody else following the Cardinals uh, you know you get this immediate uh, what is it every Wednesday it comes out over, yep. the, over the game uh, um, and you, you certainly see some things in there and and like we were just talking about that motivation there are leaders on that team Buda Baker has really jumped out as one of the vocal leaders out there but the fact that they're having to give that speech over and over again in the locker room means maybe a lot of people aren't following
3: along And you heard Cliff Kingsbury. I think the most moving or momentous part of the last episode, I think what you're referring to, Bruce, was the very end. It was the locker room speech after the Monday Night Football loss to New England. And in fact, I have the transcription right here when Cliff Kingsbury told the locker room, look, it's the basic stuff that mm-hmm. we know how to do it means a lot in these games it's hard to overcome it continues to happen And he said i'm going to continue to treat you guys like men but you have to hold each other accountable and so yes that look two years ago they tried to get more leadership in there this past off season it was about accountability and, and steve we've talked about it before i think that's the reason hard knocks exist this year is to in part bring another layer of accountability mm. make sure everyone's on camera that you're owning it, your effort and your you know, and, and the expertise you're gonna bring to your job. So now it was a little better. You didn't have as much self inflicted in Denver. But guys, when you've played seventy nine different players and you have ten different starting offensive line combinations oh. in fourteen games, and then Colt McCoy is going down and now in concussion protocol and you have an inexperienced guy, a third stringer like Trace McSorley. I mean The ceiling is only so high as to what you can achieve when your lineup looks like that.
1: All right, Paul Calvisi, Cardinals sideline reporter. Paulie, tell uh, Tom Brady we
3: said, what's up? He'll know what it means. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. Second straight year, Cardinals on Christmas night. Look, they have a captive viewing audience the nation is watching. So, you know what? Once again, like James Conner said, try and gain some respect out there. Okay. All right, we'll see you, Paulie. All right. Mike. You've been listening to Pickskin with
2: Polly on the Gatos and Chad Show. Brought to you by Day and Night Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing, serving the Valley for 40 years. The difference is Day and Night.
1: I know he likes to sell his tickets to every game, but I'm pretty sure Gatos told me that uh, his wife is going to make him go to the game against Tom Brady. Okay, <laughs> because she wants to see Tom Brady, not the Cardinals. That they paid to go see. Their home record leaves something to be desired. Uh, I think that's the nice way of putting it. I think yeah. they're
2: one in 13. Is it one in 13?
1: That's brutal. For the last
2: 13 home games?
1: Oh, it's so bad. Ouch. It's so bad. Coming up next, somewhat of uh, breaking news in the Title 42 debate.